What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what I ought is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired, I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place! Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You always can't handle the truth, know it? Some people can, and most people can, because the truth shall set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. Oh, it's going to be a fun day. We had, we had a little bit of audio trouble yesterday, but you know what? We have, we have reworked through those issues, and we are moving on to episode number dose. It's always fun. It's always a good time. And I hope the issues don't come back. I'm just joking. The soundboard is back up and running. Every, every, everything now is working perfectly. I want to talk about a couple things today. And I, I want to talk about, um, uh, I, you know, I, I want to keep it a little bit light. And I want to keep it a little bit fun. So I want to talk about freaky Saturday morning cartoons that we had when we were a kid. And I want to talk about, um, you know, other cartoons that you, that you probably remember growing up and watching as you were running home from school or or getting ready to go to school. And I always thought it's fun. But I want to talk about something serious at first, and that's diesel fuel. Dun, dun, dun. Well, you know, and it's not a joke, but right now there is, and it hasn't been getting a lot of press until recently, and I've talked about it in the past. There's a diesel fuel shortage. They right now, And right now they have come out and said that... Um, there is about a 25-day supply of diesel fuel. That's what the U.S. has right now. It's the lowest level since 2008. And uh, the, uh, the I mean, it, it's, it's just one of those things that you don't really think about. You don't really think about how your food and other products get to the store. I mean, a lot of people don't. You know, it comes by train, which is used by diesel. It's, it's run by trucks, which is used by diesel. And right now, we're, we are draining the stockpile. And... At the moment, the, you know, they're saying that the Biden administration seems to be left with few sustainable options for a long-term relief. Now, it's it's scary to thought in two in, in twofold because if you're a homeowner whose house is heated by heating fuel, this is going to affect you greatly. It will because it's going to jack up the prices even more. And if you are, of course, if you have something that's in reference to a farmer or construction workers. Most of their goods and products and, and things that they use to build or cultivate are powered by diesel. Now, they're, they're always blamed. They're always, it's always the dreaded war in the UK. It's the Putin price hike. It's all those things. I always laugh. I don't get the Putin price hike for inflation. Inflation was that before the war started in Ukraine, inflation was at like 7.8. Now it's at like 8.5. So really, it hasn't even gone up a full percentage point since the start of the war. But it's the Putin price hike. Sometimes the propaganda is better than the reality. The, one of the biggest issues right now that we're having with diesel is, is not only the fact that it, it's, it's the production. 
it's the refining. It's the be it's the being able to to create the diesel fuel itself. Now the national price of diesel as of the 24th was $5.34. It that's a dollar 63 more than last year. But the question is what what are, what are the options? Well, the options are right now there is the Northeast heating supply, oil heating supply reservoir a reserve which has a close to, I think, a million barrels of diesel. They, they could tap into that, but you cannot keep tapping into your emergency supply because what happens if there's an actual emergency? What happens if there is a problem? You know, you can go begging again to the Middle East, and actually there is a tanker, two tankers right now coming over from the Middle East, uh, which has been rerouted from the UK to, uh, to here to the States for diesel, with diesel fuel. And there's, a, you know, and there's, they're also speaking and talking about, and they already have, uh, they are now delaying shipments over to the UK. Reference to London and all those places over there, um, and they're 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 now delaying shipments from diesel fuel from the United States to the UK. And it's just the fact that you keep you keep you keep decreasing levels of things. And I and I'm not and like I said, I'm a registered independent, but I don't get some of the things that are going on right now in reference to and you know what and it's not. Um, it's it's not it's you know I always laugh because people always tell you well you know Tim it's 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 not for you to get, but for something such as diesel fuel, which is the lifeblood for a lot of people in the Middle East, not only for getting their goods and services but for heating their homes, there's something crazy about that. There's something there's something that just doesn't seem right. And the United well the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the part of the Energy Department, shows again that showed the level of diesel fuel. It had declined by 100,000 100, barrels ending in the uh, week of October 14th. So we're using more and more fuel. We're getting more and more into the winter season. And it's just one of those things that you, you have to be careful. You have to, you have to watch these types of strategic supplies because you cannot keep tapping into the strategic reserve to fix problems that in some ways you, you, you created. We've talked about it yesterday. You can't attack the oil industry. You cannot attack the refineries. And you cannot say to them, you know, we're going to put you out of business and we're going strictly to renewable energy. But then turn around and expect them to reinvest in their business because of the fact that you're trying to put them out of business. And right now, U.S. refineries are only operating at 89.5% of their full capacity last week. Because a lot of these places are also down for maintenance. And these are scheduled maintenances. Now, it's probably going to get worse for the East Coast because the East Coast does not have a dense network of refineries like such uh, other parts of the country. They, they rely on, uh, wait for it, pipelines. Know, the Keystone Pipeline probably would have been a good idea. Right now, the Colonial Pipeline is the main source of fuel for the Northeast. I'm assuming for the East. And it's booked completely for deliveries of refined petroleum products, such as diesel and jet fuel. That's what it's booked for. That's what it's used for. But right now, you know, like I said, you you, you don't you don't just have you you just don't have enough. And it won't make it to the end users until you know the pipeline supply itself won't make it to the end users until November. You created your own issues, but you want to blame everything for everyone else. We want to talk about things during this election cycle that are not pertinent to everyday Americans. You know, the, you know, the kitchen table 
issues. We, we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about abortion. We want to talk about everything that, you know, choice and this and school and, and transgender and all this. We want to talk about that, but we don't want to talk about what's affecting people right now. It's affecting their pocketbook. What's causing Americans to have angst? You know, you want, you want to focus on, you want to focus on these ancillary issues, but not the kitchen table issues. And it's kind of distressing as a registered independent of which way you should think about voting because of the fact that the economy was humming along at one point and still actually moving forward with the GDP during COVID. But then you turn around and this new administration comes in, they overheat the economy with their wonderful plan, you know, with their wonderful bills. You know, the rescue, the American rescue plan, which overheated the economy, which caused this inflation because you are, delu you, you are, you are, you are infusing the market with money and dollars. But the problem is you have no products to buy. You're creating demand, but you have no way to supply that demand. But it's every, but it's everyone else's fault. We all know it's everyone else's fault. It's, it's never Joe Biden's fault. It's never the, it's never the administration's fault. It's never, it never is. It never is. But on a but on a fun note. Sigmund, you are a rotten sea monster. Sigmund, you're through. Scram, get out of here. Nothing like a day out on the beach, but all it does is rain. You gotta love Sigmund the sea monster. For those that don't know Sigmund the Sea Monster, Sigmund the Sea Monster came out in 1973. It was one of those freaky, it was, it, I like to call it the freaky era of television, of cartoons. Because a lot of people, you know, you have the Cartoon Network now, you have Nickelodeon, you have Nick at Night and all that stuff. So kids didn't understand that when you had to watch cartoons, when you were, you know, you, you could come home from school and watch cartoons. But Saturday morning was your big cartoon show. Saturday morning was what you did. You would you would go HR Puffin stuff. You would go Sigmund the Sea Monster. You would get up. You would get your bowl of cereal. You would get your Lucky Charms, and you would go and you would sit in front of the TV at eight thirty in the morning, and you would not leave that television until twelve thirty. And you would just sit there and watch cartoons all day long. And if, if and I, I laugh because some of the cartoons were just so freaky. They really were. You had Sigmund the Sea Monster. Sigmund the Sea Monster and Johnny and Scott were friends. And it's about a sea monster that lives at Dead Man's Cove. And, you know, he, he befriends these two kids and they hide him in their, their fort or their, their clubhouse. And his brothers and the evil father are always trying to either capture Johnny and Scott or take care of Sigmund or do something. And if you, you laugh because it was like, you know, this is a little freaky. This 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 literally would be probably considered a horror movie right now. There there would probably be a a a level a, you know there would be a label for this show that people are saying well we had to label the show so people understand that there's dramatic content that may be you know upsetting to some. But hell, in the seventies and eighties, man, this was standard. <laughs> you had, you had a single two sea monster living with two guys in, in the middle of the beach having a good time. And then I love it because then you also had shows like the Bugaloos and the Bugaloos were these little guys that got shrunk down or they were already small. I don't remember. Uh, oh no, the Bugaloos weren't, that's not the Bugaloos. The Bugaloos were, flew around in the buggy. 
And it was just a weird show. Again, they fly around the speed limit. It's the Bugaloos. It's the Bugaloos. We're in the air and everywhere. Flying high. Flying free. So happy to be. And I love it because anyone that is from Gen X will understand these songs. Because of the fact that you grew up with the Bugaloos. You grew up with, uh, what was it, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl? These were the shows that came on that you waited for. That you waited all week to watch. Because you, you had to watch it. You had to see. You had to know. And, and they would be like the old serial comics or the old serial movies where you know where you, where you had an episode that extended into the next week. And you had to wait and see what happened on the next week. But it, w- it was just crazy to watch. And then, like I said, it, I mean, you laugh because there were so many different shows that came out on, on Saturday. Because first you had your cartoons, though. First you had your Bugs Bunny. First you had your, uh, you know, your Daffy Duck. You, you had you had all that. You had you had to get those out of the way. You know, those, those were the you know they were the standard favors, and you would always wait for your favorite one to come up. My favorite one was the Bugs Bunny when he um he uh, he's there's there's a monster and it's the it's the big orange haired monster, and he you know he's going after Bugs Bunny and Bugs Bunny he 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 is his rabbit hole gets flooded and he gets into this castle. And the evil scientist is trying to, you know, take Bugs Bunny's brain. Again, this is another one that should have a warning label. And Bugs Bunny escapes and he sends the monster after him, the big orange hairy monster. And I love it because of the fact that, you know, it, it was just funny that this monster is literally chasing Bugs Bunny. I mean, he's he's chasing Bugs Bunny through the, through the entire episode. And at one point in time, they get high on ether and are floating. Again, this is one of these things. Same thing with Elmer Fudd. Do you think nowadays Elmer Fudd would be allowed to run around and chase Bugs Bunny with a shotgun <laughs> and shoot at him repeatedly. I saw uh, I saw an episode of Bugs Bunny with Elmer Fudd at one point in time, and they they removed the shotgun. They took they took out the shotgun. <laughs> I don't know how that was humanly possible, but why? Are they afraid that kids are going to go running around and trying to shoot people with a shotgun? I mean, yeah, nowadays that does happen in schools, and which is you know, which is another episode one day we're gonna have to talk about. But I, I think you know, most of the society of kids understand, especially you know, it's it's a cartoon. It's not a it's not a it's not a violent video game. It's a cartoon, and I love it because then you would have cartoons that would come on before you went to school. And those were the shows that you would have to watch while you were getting ready. You know, you 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 would you would have to see these cartoons. You're getting ready, and you you had you had like ten minutes before you had to either take get jump on the bus or walk to school. I always walked to school. And one of my favorite ones was Rambo: Force of Freedom. Again, you could not have this cartoon because the fact that it's you know they they you know it's it was it was basically Rambo as a cartoon. And I just remember, oh, no, it's Rambo. Well, yeah, I could do it with the voice now. Oh, no, it's Rambo. You know, and, and you had that. And then you had G.I. Joe, greatest American hero, come on after that. G.I. Joe, greatest American hero. G.I. Joe was there. Again, another show that you could not have on. And I laugh because you go to the you go to the Cartoon Network and you go to these other places, you know, up all night and adults swim and everything. And you watch those cartoons and they're even worse than the ones from the 80s and 90s, but excuse me, 70s, 70s and 80s. But you know what's funny? We turned out okay as a society. I always talk about I didn't I didn't ride a bicycle with a helmet. I came I didn't have a cell phone. I lived. I I tell people the story all the time. 
that I built a hang glider once out of balsa wood and garbage bags. And I built it in my garage and I, I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And I waited for that breezy, windy day. I waited for <laughs> the, for the perfect moment. And then one day we were having, uh, we were having gales force winds, uh, cause there was a hurricane on the coast. So, you know, it was very windy. It was probably like 30, 40 mile an hour winds. And I remember rushing home from school, you know, you know, you stick, you stick your finger in your mouth, you do the, and then you hold it up in the air and you test the wind. I was like, oh, the wind's perfect. So I grabbed my hang glider. I call my friend, Paul, who lived across the street. And I said, come on over. I said, he goes, what's up? I said, it's hang glider time. He's like, all right. So we got the ladder out and I get on the roof. Yes, I get on the roof at 12 years old with a hang glider. And it was a big slant. It was a, it, it was a single story home. And, and I'm, on, I'm on the apex of the roof. And I run down the roof holding the hang glider. Oops, sorry, I hit the microphone. Holding the hang glider. And I jump. Well, you know what? A balsa wood glider made out of garbage bags doesn't fly very far. So basically what happened was I landed in the bushes maybe two feet away from the roof. I was fine. I was fine. I was a little, I was a little shaken because you know what? I, I, you know, I, I held on to the glider as long as I can't, could, but I crashed at the end. So you would think, though, that would deter the average. Nowadays, that would deter the average child. But no. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to... There, you know what the problem was? Um, if I take a look at the wind shear and the factor of 10 and add in the ability to fly, I, there must have been something extremely, you know, incredibly wrong with my, with my trajectory as I jumped off the roof. I should jump off the roof a little higher, I thought. I thought I jumped off too low because I jumped off more towards the gutter. So I said, no, that, no. I said, that's not right. That's not right. You know what? Because, you know, I'm 12 years old. I, I, I'm, I'm like Einstein. So once again, I climbed back up on the roof. <laughs> Again, my balsa, you know, Paul comes up behind me, handles, hand, hands me my glider. My glider is probably about, I would say, three and a half to four feet long. And it was a triangle. So if you go from the, from the, from the apex of the triangle, it's probably like four and a half, four feet long, I would say, by three feet wide. And I laugh because he hands me the glider and he, and he looks at me and goes, so you got this. I'm like, oh, hey, oh, hell yeah, I got this. Hell yeah, I got this. So once again, I get my running start, and this time I step maybe three feet away from the gutter before I jump, and I jump, and I tell you, I didn't go anywhere. Same thing, landed right in the freaking bushes. Luckily, I missed the condenser of the air conditioning, but I landed right in the bushes. And again, you would think this would deter me. No, 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 no. I was like, we know what the problem is. The wind is not at the high enough level because the house is blocking it. So then we spent the last 45 minutes of the day jumping off the deck, holding on the glider. And I will tell you this. I thought I got big air once. I think maybe I flew like two and a half feet. But those are the things that you did, that you did when you were a kid. So you know what? We weren't phased by these cartoons. And I laugh because one of my favorite cartoons, especially when you would rush home, you know, to watch them as a kid. <laughs> To outer space, protecting Mother Earth to save the human race. Our star blazers. Great show. You know, Earth is being attacked by the Gamelons. They only have a year to save Earth. 
and the Gamelons are these blue guys. And the entire Earth Defense Force is destroyed, but there's one ship, the Yamada. And the first episode is they have to go find the Yamada. And that is going to save the planet Earth. This was one of those great shows that you would run home to watch. It came on like at 3 o'clock. Because you'd get out of school about 2.30, 2.35. You'd run home. You had, you, had channel, you, had, you had Channel 11 WPIX. You had Channel 57. You had Channel 17. You would run home to watch these shows. And again, it, it, it was a serial. And I'm not talking about corn puffs. I'm talking about it, it was a serial in reference to the fact that it was, a, it was a daily episode that you would watch and you would have to watch in continuation. And it was great because you had Star Blazers and then you had Transformers. Then at one point in time that, you know, they, they brought in the GoBots. I was always a Transformer fan, but you know what? I, when the Transformers movie came out, you know, they killed off Optimus Prime. And then they uh, gave it to the, one other guy and they made him Ronimus Prime. Now, Ronimus Prime lasted one episode in season two, at the beginning of season two of the Transformers. And then Ronimus Prime got taken out because they brought back Optimus Prime because they figured out it was, a, it was a bad thing to do. And, and, and another thing, if you watched that movie, the, auto, the Transformers movies, the one Transformers, the, the cartoon from 86, not the movies now. But if you watched that movie, they killed off everybody. They, 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 they literally killed off like half the Transformers. And as a kid, now I was a little bit older, but as a kid, you had to be freaked out. The fact that Optimus Prime just died. Was that your first experience and your first foray into death? Was seeing the death of Optimus Prime? But Star Blazers is one of those, like I said, is again, is one of those probably totally underrated shows. And then what you would, you would do after that is you would have the live action shows. That would come on after that. And, th and this is how you knew your day was closing out. You, when you had to start doing homework. And, and I love it because one of my other favorite um, live action shows. Breakfast. Lunch. That was the far out space nuts with Bob Denver. Like that, Sid and Marty Croft were, were just freaky. We're just freaky. What happens was these two guys, uh, Barney and Junior, are are stocking the the rocket to go into uh, outer space. And what happens was, you know, the guy, you know, Barney says you know, to Junior, "Hey, you know." He's putting in the food and he goes, push, you know, lunch. And he's supposed to push the lunch button and he was supposed to put dinner and push the dinner button. But then he hits lunch and he hits the launch button. And then the rocket goes up and then they get lost in the outer space. It was only a 15 episode thing. Um, but again, and, you know, and then they had a guy called Honk, which is one of these little, um, you know, it was a little alien that came around and hung out with him. But these were one of the shows that came in after you had the, you had the train. We had the live action. So you had the lost saucer with Ruth Buzzy and Jim neighbors. That wasn't, that was another freaky one. That you, that you had to watch as a kid. And it was great because, you know what? You had these shows, and then you had Goldar and Ultraman. And these shows were anywhere between, like, 15 minutes to, you know, 20 minutes long. So they weren't long shows. And then I love it because at the end, there, there was the big moment at the end on Channel 11, WPIX. And what it, you did is it was a contest. And I loved it because this is back, you know, this is back at the, the golden age of 8-bit gaming systems. Not even 8-bit. Maybe it was, like, 4-bit. It was, like, the Atari the Atari 2600, the Intellivision. And what happened was you would send in a letter to WPIX because it, it was a game. 
And what they would do is they would send, they would, they would, you put your, give them your phone number and they would call you. And it was, it was at like 359. And what the contest was is they would call you up and you'd win fabulous prizes. And what you would do is they would play a video game. They, they had like a space game that was made by Intellivision where these spaceships just flew around and they, and they looked like, if you know, Battlestar Galactica, it looked like the Cylon ships. And what would happen is you would, they would just have the ships fly and they would have the gun or the shooting thing apparatus in the middle of the screen. And all you would do is you would try to hit as many ships as you possibly could by saying the word picks, which is from WPIX. So what would happen is you would have like 15 seconds and you, you know, to win your fabulous prizes, you would have to shoot down these ships, you know, destroy the enemy, get in your Viper, get in your colonial Viper. And I love it because you would sit there and all you would hear is picks, 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 and the kids aren't even really saying picks. There's a pick, 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 and you would see the guns go, and the ships would get destroyed. And then whatever level you stopped at is is where you would end in regards to, you know, what prize what prize you were getting. They were always crappy prizes. They were they were never good prizes, but they were they were crappy prizes. But you know what? It it was a it was an adventure. It was a, it, it was something that you looked forward to as a kid every single day. It's something that you were just like, you know, this, this is, this was part of my day. This is what I would do. I would go watch, you know, I would go watch the, you know, my cartoons. I would go watch every, I would go watch everything else that I needed to watch. And then at the end of the day, you know, then I would know at four o'clock it was time. It was time to do my homework. It was time to get everything done and get everything ready and it it was just a lot it was just a lot of fun it was just a good time and then as you get older and you get into retrospect of these things and you see these things you're you're like oh my god you know i i wish back in the day that i would you know that 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 this would that this would be a part of my children's day but now it's just totally different and even as you get older and watch these things you get sucked into it they had a marathon of a tv show not that long ago from that was on Saturday morning. And, and it was just one of those shows. That... Marshall, Will, and Holly On a routine expedition At the greatest earthquake ever known High above the rapids Struck their tiny raft and plunged them down a thousand feet below. Sydney Martin Cross presents To the Land of the Lost. Lost, 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 lost. Oh, you had to love Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost was this family that there's like an adventure. And actually, Will Ferrell made a movie about it. There's this adventure family and they're rafting and they go down this cave and they get sucked down the waterfall and they end up in the Land of the Lost, Land of the Dinosaurs. And it was great. It was one, another one of those Saturday morning serials that you would have to watch. Because, you, like I said, if you missed an episode, you were just screwed because you didn't know what happened until they replayed it back over, you know, back over again. And they always didn't play it every Saturday. But, you know, you, you, you had, again, it was, it was the precursor to Jurassic Park. You had these freaky little guys called, uh, you know, Pakunis. Pakunis. And Chaka was the one that, uh, Chaka taught and saw were his brothers, but Chaka was the little Pakuni that uh, the Marshall family kind of adopted. And then you had the Slee Stacks, which were the, um, which were the enemies. And they're, they can only come out at night. The freaks come out at night. 
the freaks come out at night that would only come out at night and they're always going after the marshals and the marshals are trying to find a way to get home. Then are these teleporting things. And there's this other sleaze stack named Enoch who was like the intelligent sleaze stack who's also trying to get home. And then at one point in time in season two, the, um, the dad gets sucked back into the time portal and gets sucked back into his own universe. But somehow his uncle, his brother who came looking for him got sucked in at the same time. Cause I guess the dad had a better deal coming up somewhere on this contract came back in time and then hung out with the kids as well for like another episode, another season. And I remember this show clearly as a kid and I laughed because a couple years back they had a land of the lost marathon and I never knew how the show ended. I really did. I never knew how the show ended. But I laugh because of the fact that my wife and I literally, it was on a Sunday, watched Land of the Lost till like four o'clock in the morning. Then we got to the last episode. And evidently, I didn't remember this as a kid. They never ended the last episode. <laughs> they never did. They left it as an open cliffhanger. So we finished the last episode like at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm looking and I'm scrolling, waiting for the next episode to come on. I'm like, that's it? They don't get home? They're stuck in the land of the lost. <laughs> I was like, that sucks. I think I was even more disappointed now than I was as a kid. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still upset. I still think, I don't think they can roll the characters back out because they're probably in their eighties, but you know what? They got to finish it. Now the Will Ferrell movie was not very much of an homage to the land of the lost, but it was interesting to watch to say the least. It was, it was interesting. It wasn't a good movie. But it was it was an, it was an interesting movie. But these are the things that you used to look forward to as a kid. Saturday morning, and like I said, this generation, you know, the, and I, again, I'm the, get off my lawn. I'm that I'm that old man. This generation will never understand that, and the generation before that will never understand that because of the fact that they have everything on YouTube, they have everything on demand. But I just laugh because it was some it was sometimes the buildup and the weight for these shows that, that was probably even better than the show. Hell, I remember, um, Wacky Racers. Wacky Racers was another good show with Dick Dastardly and Smugly and Penelope Pit, Penelope Pitstop, who was, who was the damsel in distress. Who was never really in distress. She was always pretending to go, help me, help me. And she was never really in distress. She always escapes on her own, but you had, you know, you had that, you had shows like that, that you had to watch. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a piece of history and they shouldn't make a time capsule somewhere in a museum about this, where you can just go and watch them in one big room and have a thousand movie screens and you can watch all these shows because it's a, it's a moment, it's a moment in time that you're, ne that you're never going to get back. But it was a fun moment in time that you just had to, you just had to love. And I think we're going to end it on that. And once again, this is Tim. This is get off my lawn. The mad ramblings of a Gen Xer. Hoping you enjoy the episode. More to come. More to talk about. More topics. And you know what? Every day is just a good day. And we're out.